Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style! Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to uh, type in the search engine box on all podcast platforms, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, including that iHeartRadio app. As I said before, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. We're also on YouTube, excuse me, at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live as we show you our support and take our bows. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. <laughs> Lakina, it's all about this time of year. It's all about March Madness. We'll get to. Uh, college basketball later on in this segment, but there were other sports going on this past weekend. Let's kick it off with the NBA. Let's start local as we usually do. The Chicago Bulls had a split this weekend. They lost to the Miami Heat on Friday, but rebounded with the 118 to 95 win over the Toronto Raptors at the UC on Sunday night. Patrick Williams led the Bulls with 23.6 rebounds and four assists. Norman Powell chipped in with his season high 32 points. For the Raptors, Lakina, the big story in this one is, besides the win, it's the lineup changes to the starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White and Wendell Carter are now coming off the bench. And Billy Donovan is, um, for lack of a better term, cracking the whip. It seemed to work, at least on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, we knew this was going to happen, right, Sid, that he is going to mm-hmm. play with all different kinds types of combinations. He said to himself in the in the presser on Sunday that, look, I'm not committed to this lineup. I'm going to try different things and different players and, you know, see who fits where. And, look, in this case, it actually worked. I mean, Sadar Ramsey had, had 10 points. The scoring was very balanced. Mm-hmm. Patrick Williams had a season high 23 for him. Nine players were in double figures for the Bulls, which if you think about it, Sid, when was the last time that the, that the Bulls have nine players in double figures in one game? I saw this statistic. The last time it happened was in 1971. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, guys like Bob Love and you know, guys like that were on the team. And you know, that, that's just how, how far back it goes. But I wasn't surprised because if you go back to those Jordan Pippen teams, you know, you didn't, you didn't have nine guys in double figures. You didn't have, uh, you know, God rest his soul, Jack Haley score like 12, you know, 12 <laughs> or 14 points. I mean, that just, you know, that just never happened. But I More mean, Rodman. Yeah, exactly. So. Just a lot of balanced scoring for the Bulls. I mean, yes, Grant, the, Rap- the Raptors were without Siakam and like half their team. But you know, look, this is probably what maybe you could say they should have done to the to the Sixers a couple of uh, you know late last week. You know, t- kind of taking advantage of having a lot of their guys out. I mean, they you know pretty much you know, not not necessarily dominated for the from the word go, but they had like a lot of balanced scoring. I mean, Levine had 15, but he really didn't have to do much. I mean, you had Denzel chipping in with 13 off the bench, Otto with 11. Wendell Carter Jr. in his first count of the bench had a double-double, 12 and 11. So, you know, just a, you know, a nice, very balanced, you know, team performance. 
Yeah, so it was a nice uh, team balance performance for, for the Bulls. They only committed 11 turnovers for the game, but in, uh, to go along with 35 assists, they moved the basketball around. You can see uh, uh, this unit, uh, the, the starting lineup, it was very effective. They caught a Toronto team uh, uh, in a bad mood because Toronto lost uh, to the, the Charlotte Hornets on the road the night before. We'll get to the weekend action from the association in a few minutes. But the Bulls took advantage of an opponent that played the night before. They came out with much better energy. It uh, was led by the lineup changing head coach Billy Donovan. As we told you throughout this season on this show, that he, uh, he was brought in to set the tone and set the culture and to see this team moving forward. Now, one angle that has come up within the last 24 hours, if you listen to various show, local shows or uh, listening to podcasts online or reading stuff on Bulls Twitter. Another reason why Billy Donovan is doing this is because uh, management uh, are looking, are possibly looking to trade uh, Thaddeus Young or perhaps maybe Garrett Temple or maybe Laurie, which I doubt, but they're looking to trade certain variants by the trade deadline. Maybe that's the case, but I didn't sense that last night. Maybe uh, yeah. it's just me. It, well, yeah, I didn't sense it either. I mean, you know how some you know, Bulls, you know, Twitter, how Bulls, quote-unquote, insiders are. I think, you know, people are just doing a lot of wishful thinking because a lot of people didn't expect the Bulls to be actually somewhat decent. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, say, look, I'm not saying that they're at the level with the Sixers and the Bucks yet, but they're halfway decent. It's safe to say that a lot of fans didn't have expectations going into the season, and now, now it looks like, you know, hey, they may have a shot to maybe get into at least a play-in in the playoffs. Hey, let, let's trade some people. Let, let's trade that young. Let, let, let's try to trade Otto Porter Jr. and get rid of that contract. I, I think people are thinking with their heads and not their hearts. And, you know, they're, they're thinking long and they're thinking a lot of cases probably wrong. So I, I think for me, I, did, I didn't get that sense. You know, we'll see how they do because you guys still got a few weeks before the trade deadline. So we'll see what, you know, what the Bulls decide, you know, what, what um, AK and Mark Eversley decide to do. Let's talk about one of the guys that were benched from the starting lineup, and that was Wendell Carter Jr. In 19 minutes, he had a double-double with 12 points and 11 rebounds, four, including four offensive rebounds. His rating was a plus 12. As I've been saying before, Lakina, I'll say it again, he's out of position, and I know that this frustration comes from the Jim Borland administration that Wendell Carter Jr. has expressed he wants to be more involved offensively. As I said before, He's a heck of a defensive player, but he's playing out of position. He is a power forward. He is not a five. And, and we saw him last week get abused <laughs> by backups for the Philadelphia 76ers. Everybody's been abused by Joel. And I'm referring to that 50-point game by MB from a few weeks ago on ESPN. Everybody in their mama is the kids who say got abused in terms of the Bulls in their game from the interior uh, perspective, but this team has struggled all year defensively. And Daniel Gafford, I know he didn't play that much on Sunday, but he brought the energy on Friday uh, against the Miami Heat. And I, I, I want to see more out of him. He's one of my underrated guys that I like on this team. But Wendell Carter Jr., if they could just put him at the four position, I think he'll be fine. He's undersized to play a five position, even in today's NBA. He's not a center, never has been, and I think I've exactly. Just, I've been saying this for years now. He's more of a power forward, and you know, play you know, play you know, in the front, so in the front court. So I think for me, I think this was probably his best performance. coming back from in, from injury, so I think this is probably maybe 
look, he said that he be he's okay with you know coming off the bench. So maybe you know perhaps maybe keep letting him do that. I mean, he's been more productive. So you know we saw we've seen him against some of the top centers in the league. It's it just that, that, that it's not going to work for him. So just keep him coming, keep him coming from the bench, and let him be productive that way. Yep, and we also saw a Denzel Valentine sighting. 20 minutes, he had 11 points, including three or six from uh, downtown. He also contributed with five rebounds as well. Uh, could we see him get moved, or perhaps do we see, hopefully we can see some consistency out of him if he stays on the team past the trade deadline? Like I said, this is going to be very interesting. I don't think I don't think anybody knows what AK and Mark Eversley are thinking. So for anybody that says, "Oh, well, they're going to do this or they're going to do that," no one really knows. They've been very quiet. So, and I and I actually prefer my front office to be from from a professional team to be very quiet, say as very little as possible, unless they absolutely have to. If they get if he you know they make a couple of trades, great. If they you know stand pat and just let's try to finish out the season, perhaps maybe try to get to if not the playoffs maybe get get into one of those play-ins, that, that, that's fine. I mean, the East is still pretty much, you know, there's a log jam there. So it, those, you know, bottom, you know, bottom seas are still there for the taking. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown as we talk about the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. Well, checking this box score again, looking at from Sunday, Patrick Williams, I've been concerned about his offense. The game, I think it's going to come in due time. You mentioned he scored a season-high 23 points, but he also contributed with six defensive uh, rebounds, and his rating was a plus nine. I like Patrick Williams. He gets after it, especially defensively. His offensive game still needs a little bit of work, but I like the energy and I like the passion that he brings uh, on the court, especially defensively. Uh, he, he's a young guy that he's not a finished product yet. He's only 19 years old, years old. People forget, but I like the way that he wants to learn, that he's uh, he's growing. Hopefully we can see a, a jump next year, whether this team makes the playoffs or not. Hopefully we can see a bigger jump next year. I know people have compared him to a young Kawhi Leonard. I see some similarities in that, but I'm not going to call him the next claw just yet. But uh, I, I like the way that he that he's taking. It looks like he's taking another step, but it's going to take time. I know folks don't want to hear that, but it's going to take time. But I like the, the growth that he's shown from day one to uh, the to now. Yeah, I, I, I look. I look. I said before when they drafted him, I really like his game. I know some folks were, you know, a little, you know, a little hesitant because you know he played if he played. It was a six man, you know, at Florida State last mm-hmm. year, and you know he's only 19. I think that's what people need to remember. He is—he's far from a finished product, and he knows this. So, look, I mean, he's definitely got the—you know—got the—the got the game, and just needs to be more polished. And he has said that. So, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what he—what he does. I mean, we look—we got a competent coaching staff, you know, mentoring him and guiding him. So, I can—I think that next year he will only be better. Whether or not who else is there with him besides Levine. You know, that, that's, a, mm-hmm. you know, that's up for discussion. But I think, you know, he can only get better. I want to talk about Zach Levine for a moment. You mentioned he scored only 15 points on Sunday, uh, which is good because he doesn't have to carry the team. But as we mentioned on the show uh, for the entire season, I like the way Zach has stepped up to another level. Of course, it's shown from his uh, all-star birth, his, the first of his career. He's getting after it defensively. Uh, he doesn't have to take every shot now. He could be that playmaker like Kobe Way, which we'll get to in a minute. 
uh, Zach could uh, be that playmaker, but he he needs help. But but the the limit of talent, the, the limit of talent that this Bulls roster is lacking right now, he has to do everything. But uh, he doesn't have to be just a scorer uh, right now. I like the aspects of his game, and he's he's trying to become that complete player that you need for a championship team. Of course, this Bulls seem nowhere near a championship yet, but he's grown this year. He's willing to take that uh, alpha dog mentality, and that's what I like from him right now. Yeah, look, and I'm, I'm sure he's okay with not having to be the top scorer all the time, you know, a spread out. I mean, look, I, I think, look, as long as he's doing what you want him to do, be the facilitator, sort of, you know, help develop, you know, the plays and whatnot and develop a shot and be, be there to sort of, you know, pick up the slack in case somebody else, you know, lacks in production. I mean, I mean, yes, he didn't have his best game. Okay. But he didn't need to, you know, that the balance was mm-hmm. there. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, him being sort of like the guy and look, sometimes being the guy is, you know, letting the, you know, the others sort of shine every once in a while. It's fine. So. Mm-hmm. And Colby White, who is now coming off the bench, he, he, this may be his permanent role uh, as a Chicago Bull. We, that remains to be seen. But he scored 13 points in 27 minutes, including two of eight from three-point land. He contributed five assists and grabbed four rebounds. Lakina, do you think that Colby White should remain on the bench for the remainder of the season? I, I think so. I mean, he's not. we know he's not a point guard. He's never been a point guard. He's more of a shooting guard. So... But unfortunately, the Bulls don't have a point guard, an actual point guard right now. So that's why he's sort of playing that role. Look, this is more his, you know, his style. This is more, you know, to his game. And look, we don't want you to have to play the point. Just, you know, just, you know, shoot and pass, maybe make a pass every once in a while if you need to. And probably have a block. You know, he had a block. You know, maybe have a couple of steals too. So, um, look, he's only 21. So, let, let's let's remember that he's also still a very young kid, so still a you know young guy, I should say. So his his game's only getting you know better and only developing more. So I want to wait. I know some people say, well, let's get rid of him. No, no, no. Let let let's wait until how he does. You know, it looks like he might have found a home coming off the bench, at least for right now. So let let's just you know let's see where this goes. All right, before we move on uh, to the rest of the association, the best stuff from the weekend, here, here is the Bulls' schedule for this upcoming week. Tonight, they'll host the Oklahoma City Thunder at 7 o'clock. Of course, tomorrow, which is Wednesday, <laughs> they'll mm-hmm. host the San Antonio Spurs at 7 o'clock. Both those games, the OKC game and the San Antonio games, will, both will be at the United Center. And, of course, on Friday, they'll start a, a quick two-game road trip. Uh, Friday, they'll be at Denver at 8 o'clock. This is Central Standard Time, of course. And then next Sunday, they'll be at Detroit at 6 p.m., of course. And then next Monday, they'll host the Utah Jazz at the UC. So uh, a tough schedule coming up, Lakina, for the Bulls, as we, we mentioned for the last couple of weeks coming out of the All-Star break. This is this uh, early part of the second half of the schedule will make or break this team for the season in terms of competing for the uh, for the playoffs. Uh, I, I see a couple of winnable games there, starting with tonight's game against Oklahoma City. It's not going to be easy, of course. If you remember, they played at OKC early this season. They blew a, a big 20-point lead, and they lost the game in overtime. So the Bulls uh, better have revenge on their minds here. And, of course, tomorrow they'll face the San Antonio Spurs. No 
LaMarcus Aldridge, but you know, Greg Popovich will have that team ready. Of course, you were at Denver on Friday. You may consider that a loss for Chicago, and then you're at Detroit on Sunday. So you have two two wins uh, on paper, but this but this Bulls team better come ready to play and not take anything for granted. Especially they want to try to make a, a playoff push, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the look. I'm, I'm sure you know Coach Don will have his guys ready. Yeah, we saw the lackluster effort uh, last Thursday against Philadelphia. Of course, uh, a bad loss uh, a night later to the Miami Heat. Uh, that was not good, but it was nice to see this Bulls team show up uh, on Sunday with a big win against Toronto. Lakina, let's move on to the association now. What was the best games or best moments you saw over the weekend? Anthony Edwards. I mean, maybe – Look, if you're a if you're a T Wolves fan, maybe you finally you know, might find something to to cheer about. I mean, you know that this guy is special. He became the youngest player in T Wolves history to have a thirty point game on Sunday, and which is crazy because you know with with KG and with Carl Anthony Towns, it's crazy that this is the first time that a rookie has had a thirty point game. He had mm-hmm. thirty four in their upset win over the Blazers. I mean. Maybe, look, maybe there's something that, you know, the, the T-Wolves fans kind of hang on to. They've had a pretty rough go this year. I think another performance, um, let me see here. There, was, there, were, there were a couple of good ones um, la- um, on Sunday night, that Sunday nighter. Very impressive. Zion Williamson looked really good. You know, the Pelicans blew out the Clippers. I don't know about you, Sid. I did not see that coming. You know, that I didn't was, see it either. That that you know, look, Zion had his best performance of the season, and the Clippers have struggled a little bit, you know, coming out of the All Star break. So I'm a little concerned there. Um, Golden State, you know, Steph Curry on his birthday, happy belated birthday to uh, Mr. Curry. You know, kind of gave us a little bit of birthday present with a you know a, a great performance. You know, 32 points. You know, including six to seven from the three point arc in their win <laughs> against the Jazz. So, you know, there definitely is a couple of good performances. I kind of, you know, you know, lingered back and forth between the NBA and college basketball. You know, we'll get to later on in the podcast. But what about you, Sid? What stood out to you? Uh, you saw one of my talking points as usual, but we think alike <laughs> sometimes. The New Orleans Pelicans had a good weekend. Uh, they blew out the Cavaliers on Friday. As you mentioned, they destroyed the Clippers on national television on Sunday. Uh, Brandon Ingham uh, is stepping up his game as well, along with Zion Williamson. Uh, the Pelicans are currently 16-22 and 22 as of this podcast. Will they finally make that push to get into the playoffs? That remains to be seen, but they're playing some good ball right now. The Lakers got back on track on Friday with the 105-100 win over the Indiana Pacers. They had to struggle a, a little bit to get the win, but Kyle Kuzma came up big with 24 points. Oh, and another one for me, probably probably the best moment for this weekend for me in the NBA was Karis LeVert, you know, for Indiana. Speaking of Indiana, he had 13 points, but it was actually his first game back since having a mass mm-hmm. relief from the, the right side of his kidney, which, you know, if, you know, thankfully he had, if he had not gotten traded, they, who knows what would have happened. So his first game in the, in the last couple of months, 13 points, Pacers upset the, the Suns and Doug McDermott had probably his best performance in a while, had, you know, 22 off the bench. So there are Bulls fans remember that name. So he had 22 points along with Sabonis. So they had, you know, and also, you know, 
I mean, Matt and Braun also had 25 leading the way there in their upset win over the Suns. So a, a nice little moment, you know, nice to see Karis over back on the court. Yeah, congratulations to that young man. Hopefully things will be smooth for him in terms of his health and he can resume his basketball career without any other uh, setbacks. So, uh, a few games from Saturday that I want to hit on real quick, Lakina. I did watch a couple of these via my computer. <laughs> and those, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they, they take care of the Detroit Pistons, 100-95. to James Harden led Brooklyn with a triple-double, 24 points, 10 dimes, and 10 rebounds. Blake Griffin, who's on the Nets, did not play against his former team. He's still on the injury list. Kevin Durant still out with a hamstring. Uh, the Pistons fought hard, but Brooklyn came through at the end. They made a couple of defensive plays. Uh, James Harden, is, as I mentioned, uh, threw down a triple-double. Bruce Brown, one of the unsung heroes for the Nets right now with the with all the injuries that this team is dealing with. I like the way Brooklyn's playing right now. Hopefully you can get those uh, stars back that I mentioned. Kyrie did his thing. So Brooklyn, if they can get it together and get all those guys back, um, hopefully within uh, soon, and so they could develop the chemistry come playoff time to make the run uh, towards the finals. I like the way the Nets have been playing without uh, their stars, but they need their stars ultimately at the end here. They want to reach their ultimate goal. Another game that stood out to me would be you know, with Dallas. Dallas, you know, beating the, the Nuggets by 13. Chris Offer- I watched that game via my computer in yeah. its entirety. Yeah. Um, Chris well, Dallas Porzingis, uh, look out here. <laughs> where, where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look, I think this is this is sort of this was sort of the Porzingis that I think a lot of Nick fans had hoped that they would see, you know, of course, you know, mm-hmm. because of injuries, also injuries. You know, when he started his career at the Mavs, but, you know, 25 points for him leading the way there. Of course, Luca had double-double, 21 and, you know, 12 assists. But, you know, I mean, look, I think that maybe, you know, they're 20 and 17. The Mavs are starting to kind of pull it together a little bit. And I guess, you know, all those, you know, reports of Rick Carlisle being fired were greatly exaggerated, obviously. Now that everybody's back healthy, it looks like, you know, the Mavs are, you know, kind of finally being the team that we all thought they would be. Are you hopping on that bandwagon finally? Um, I, I'm kind of more of an on a wait and wait and see mode. They're they're an eight seed in the West right now, and I, I kind of want to see how they do with you know as we go on in the second half of the season. They got some tough games coming up, so I want to see how they do against some of those teams. We'll get to them in you know in a minute. Also from Saturday, congratulations to Carmelo Anthony as he surpasses Hakeem Olajuwon in the score, all-time NBA scoring list. He added 26 points for Portland as they uh, beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 125-121. to I'm, I'm hopping on this team's bandwagon, wagon, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, like I said before, as soon as they get their guys back healthy, hopefully with C.J. McCollum and uh, Yusef Nurkic, uh, this team could be in play as far as making a, a, a surprise run in the tough Western Conference. Are there, will they be a player for LaMarcus Aldridge, as we mentioned in our last podcast? That remains to be seen. Or could there be a team on the low that could uh, lure in Andre Drummond? We shall see. Yeah, should be very interesting to see where he goes once they, you know, once they agree on a buyout and such, because I think that's still sort of to be determined. I mean, there are various reports that say maybe he'll go to Brooklyn, but you know, is, is there anywhere for him to fit there? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical on that, but we'll see. I mean, it, it should be very interesting to see where he goes. Yes. Uh, going back to Sunday's games, the Boston Celtics get back on track as they defeated the Rockets 134 to 107. The Rockets, of course, are there rebuilding. Jason Tatum 
uh, came through with 23 points to lead the Celtics. Kenyon Martin Jr., yes, that Kenyon Martin who played for the Nuggets and the Nets back in the day, his son led the Rockets with 21 points and four rebounds. Making us all feel old. Yay. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Just to see, like, see a lot of these guys who we grew up, you know, watching play now have offspring playing. It's, it's just, it, it, it's, uh, cool. it's cool, but it makes you feel old. Jeez. Now, you know, coming, coming back to earth here, um, you know, talking about the games that we got coming up this week, we got some good ones. Um, the first, you know, tonight at 6.30, Chicago time, doubleheader on TNT. You got Utah and Boston. That should be a good one there. Yeah, Celtics need to keep this rolling as, as there are two games above 500. The Jazz has stumbled a little bit. They, they're coming off a loss on Sunday at Golden State. They lost on the road big time. So big game for both teams. New York and Philadelphia, that should be an interesting one there at 7 o'clock. Of course, we mentioned OKC in Chicago. Um, New Orleans and Portland, that's the second half of that TNT doubleheader tonight. That should be a lot of fun, too. Oh, yes. Uh, Zion versus uh, Carmelo versus <laughs> Dame Dollar. So that should be a whole lot of fun. Going back to Philadelphia, just a moment, Lakina, before we get to Wednesday's action. Joel Embiid in the blowout win uh, last Friday against Washington injured his knee. Thank goodness no structural damage. He's currently out for a couple of weeks. And he'll be reevaluated by then. As uh, we mentioned on this podcast, as I mentioned, he's a top candidate for MVP for this season. I know Damian Lillard is mentioned up there as well, along with LeBron James. But uh, thank goodness that Joel Embiid has no structural damage in that left knee. I'm sure Sixers fans breathe a collective sigh of relief when that yes. just came out that it's just a very, very deep roll bone bruise. But, you know, no structural damage to the MCL nor the ACL. So, you know, Sixers definitely dodged a bullet there. So hopefully he can come back in a couple of weeks and, you know, return. So because he's been really good and probably perhaps a front runner for MVP. No doubt. All right, going into the Wednesday matchups. You know, this game isn't televised, but I'll probably watch it via my laptop. Brooklyn and Indiana, that should be a fun one there in Indianapolis. Yep. Ooh. Let's see. Oh, I'm, my, my mic's on. Okay. Yeah, Brooklyn and Indianapolis, <laughs> that should be fun. This happens with technology, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live, that, live, that, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this should, like you said, this should be fun. James Harden again leads to Brooklyn Nets. Well, Blake Griffin make his debut with the Nets. We shall see. Kevin Durant, who knows when their hamstring will heal. Those are um, uh, those types of injuries are tricky, but I doubt that he'll play in that one. But that, like you said, it still should be fun. Uh, the ESPN uh, doubleheader game for uh, for that for tomorrow night will be Milwaukee at Philadelphia. Of course, John and B, as we mentioned a moment ago, is out, but you still have. Uh, the Greek freak, freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I want to see what he does without MB. How many times will he, will he drive the drive the lane and dunk the ball? <laughs> Should, could probably be a dunk fest there with that game, no doubt. Yeah. Miami and Memphis at 8 o'clock. That should be an interesting one there. You got Jimmy Butler against John Morantz. That should be fun over there. Yeah, Miami's turning around. Memphis is kind of starting to be up and down, so it's coming back from their long pause and some of the various injuries that they had. So that'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting game to watch, no doubt. Um, Charlotte and Denver should be another interesting one. Charlotte's a very I'm looking forward to team. that one. Yes, very scrappy young team. You know, we know about you know Denver, and they've been sort of you thought that maybe they're getting it together, but then they have a couple of losses, and they're back to kind of being where they started. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they look. 
Yep, and wrapping up the Wednesday night action, 8.30 p.m. Chicago time on ESPN. The second game of the doubleheader will be the Los Angeles Clippers at the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, the Mavericks, as we mentioned before, they're starting to turn it around. The Clippers, uh, they, they're going to try to rebound uh, after their loss at New Orleans on Sunday night. A big game for both teams here. It's a rematch of last year's first-round playoff matchup. Uh, this should be a whole lot of fun. Let's see if Kristaps uh, Porzingis will continue his hot scoring streak. Let's see if Luka can put on a master, another masterful performance in front of a national TV audience. This is sort of the game where I want to see how Dallas looks, you know, kind of mm-hmm. before I try to you know, get back on that bandwagon, if you will, as far as the Mavs is concerned. Going to Thursday, not probably not too many good ones. I think maybe maybe New Orleans and Portland, but I'm surprised that game is not being televised nationally anywhere. That's a 9 o'clock game. You know, I'll be watching that via my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Uh, NBA TV has a doubleheader for Thursday. The first game at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, you'll have the Utah Jazz facing the Washington Wizards in our nation's capital. Following that game at 9.30 p.m. will be the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James versus LaMelo Ball. I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm glad to see the Hornets finally getting some shine on the national stage. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep up with the Lakers. I know the Lakers have struggled lately. Excuse me, without mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, so this should be a really fun, you know, fun like sort of like old-fashioned, you know, playground type, you know, game. So this should be a, this should actually be pretty fun, you know. You guys can check it out on NBA TV on Thursday. Yes, and for Friday, is college basketball will be taking over most of our televisions. <laughs> There's a pretty a uh, couple of interesting games uh, uh, to look forward to uh, this coming Friday at seven o'clock Chicago time. This is the Indiana Pacers traveling to Florida to face. Alana Techhauer, friend of the show, Miami Heat. <laughs> yeah, that should be an interesting one there with you know, with the Pacers and the Heat. I mean, two teams are kind of like right there in the playoff chase, you know, right in the middle. So should be a very interesting game. Um, Utah and Toronto at 7 o'clock. That should be an interesting mm-hmm. one. Two, Golden State and Memphis. You know, you got, you know, Steph against Jaws, sort of like the – I don't want to call Steph the old guard, but, you know, you know he's, he's 33 yeah. now. He's kind of like, – you know, He's over 30, so he kind of get up there. He's just sort of, you know, versus the young John Moran, who's still not even 21 yet. So that that's sort of absurd. But that's, you know, that's, that's another thing. But that should be a fun one. Yeah. Well, also, besides our Bulls traveling to Denver to face the Nuggets, at 9 p.m. on NBA TV, you'll have the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Portland to face Dame Dollar. <laughs> and the <laughs> Portland Trailblazers. Logo 3, Damian Lillard. So that game should be a whole lot of fun as well. That'll be on NBA TV. So if you guys don't have NBA TV, you can watch it via your respective devices. So <laughs> Yes. So, you know, don't feel bad if you don't have NBA TV, guys. Don't, don't worry. Otherwise, <laughs> you can watch this game, which should, which should be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Lakina, do we have enough time left in this segment, or do we need to take a 20? We got a few more minutes left. Okay. Let's uh, go to college basketball real quick then, um, as we have a few minutes left. As our referee for the, the segment is Lakina McGee. Uh, our, our match, March, we did a March Madness preview show. You can catch that uh, on War Media. We had Athlon Sports Gabe Salgado on, and he broke down the tournament uh, and gave us his thoughts about which upsets could happen. Does Illinois have a chance to 
uh, perhaps win the win the national title. We get into more in that with him. Take, check that out at War Media on YouTube. Once again, at W A R R Media. We'll just give you our uh, synopsis here as far as looking yeah. at the brackets are concerned. Lakina, let's go. Let's get away from Illinois for just a second. Let's go to that uh, bracket where I believe it was the West bracket where Gonzaga is the number one seed. They're the number one overall seed in this tournament. I know some people uh, have said that they had the easiest path to uh, to the final four. They may be on paper, but I see a couple of teams that could challenge them here. I'm looking at uh, whoever wins that eight nine game between Oklahoma and Missouri, perhaps challenging, challenging uh, Gonzaga, maybe Virginia, but um, don't sleep on number two Iowa, especially with Luka Garza. And well, remember what I said though, what, what Kyle and I both said on the on the previous said. I mean, I'm not look look. We're not saying that they can pull. They'll pull. They'll be upset. But look, that Grand mm-hmm. Canyon. That's a very that's a veteran Grand Canyon squad. You got Bryce Drew there. Look, he knows how to pull off upsets. Having yes. done so as a player and the assistant coach. So let, let's not you know go past. I, I, and I'm sure I'm sure you know the Hawkeyes won't go won't, won't look past them, but. That should that's probably gonna be one of those interesting um, games at fifteen over two. We haven't had one in a while, so we'll see what happens with that one. Um, I'm getting, like I said, I, I'm getting old, old Big Eight, Big Twelve vibes from with Oklahoma and Missouri playing. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm super mm-hmm. excited for that. That should be a fun matchup there. You know, two two teams that you know, OU likes to shoot. Missouri sort of, you know, a scrappy, you know. You know, down race down the court type of team. So I'm looking forward to that one. And look, I, I look like you said. So I I really think that whoever wins that will definitely give Gonzaga a hard time. And I don't and I don't I don't agree with the synopsis that oh well Gonzaga's got the easiest bracket. I mean, look, I I know that he they they played like a couple of these teams and they beat them pretty easily. But again, mm-hmm. March is a totally different animal. Plus the way it's set up, since so you're going to be in the state of Indiana. So I, I kind of like would like to sort of like put the you know tell folks to slow down on, on that take. And also, too, don't forget number three, Kansas. So they've gotten their act together over the last few weeks. I know they had to check out of the Big 12 tournament because of COVID. I know two or three of their players won't make the trip for the first round, but don't forget about them either. And they're ranked number three in the West bracket behind Iowa and Gonzaga. Let's move over to the East well, one bracket. More, well, one, one, more, Go one ahead. more thing, though, with the, uh, with the West, you know. The 12, the 12 over five, we might see, you know, UCSB with Creighton, the way they looked in the Big East title title game, they looked awful. Don't take UCSB like, don't take the Gauchos like. And also, Evan Moley is a guy you guys should look out for for USC. That USC team is really good. They get to play the Wichita State Drake, you know, Drake um, winner, you know, again, getting old Missouri Valley Conference vibes from that one. So that should be a fun one too. Yeah, now let's finally move to the East bracket. Of course, the number one. <laughs> Michigan has the number one seed in that region. Of course, Isaiah Livers is currently injured with stress fraction in his foot. We don't know if he's going to play the first couple of games or not. Uh, stay tuned for that, uh, for the new, for that new CV plays. But I'm um, looking at the 12-5 game, looking between Colorado and Georgetown. Of course, Georgetown is in with a 13-12 and 12 record, winning the Big East Tournament in NYC. I think they're going to be America's uh, sentimental pick uh, to pull off the upset. We, we all know that at least one twelve five upset happens every year. Could we get two or we just get one? This tournament is maybe like any other. Uh, uh, that's what we like about March Madness, the unpredictability of it. <laughs> a tongue, definitely a tongue twister there. So yes. I mean, the tongue twister, but, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a very trendy 12 or 5 
upset. I mean, look, Georgetown has looked really good. I mean, you know, Javon Blair, who, you know, a guy that you probably, some of you probably have never heard of or because you haven't watched the Georgetown hoops. But look, let's mm-hmm. give Georgetown some credit. I mean, this was a, was a team that was able to, was picked to finish last in their conference in the Big East. Yes, even worse than DePaul. Yes, um, that's what I'm, it's just true. <laughs> well, go look through the uh, through the predictions, you know, from earlier this season. Trust me, you know, it's there. I'm not, I'm not, you know, telling a fib here. But I mean, I, I, look, I, I think that they got together at the right time. I think, you know, I think Patrick Ewing is channeling his coach and mentor, um, John Thompson, who had, you know, of course had his success with, who they both had success in the tournament. So they're definitely going to be, uh, uh, definitely going to be a trendy pick to, you know, perhaps maybe pull off a, Cinder- a Cinderella run, you know, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Yeah, and don't forget about Alabama, the Crimson Tide. They won the, the SEC conference tournament by a couple of points over LSU on Sunday. They are the number two seed in this region. I think they could give Michigan trouble. It, it depends uh, if uh, Isaiah Liver, Livers plays or not. And you also have number four, Florida State. Look out for them as well. I mean, yeah, this should be an interesting one there. Um, the, the Sort of the first 4-11, you got Michigan State and UCLA. I know it's, I know some people are kind of like weirded out by the fact they got two mm-hmm. historic programs playing against each other in the first four. But that should be a fun one there. And whoever you know, gets that gets to play BYU. They're kind of like a sort of a, you know, a lot of big guys on that team. So that should be a fun one. You know, Texas is another team that, that people should be looking out for. So mm-hmm. that, that, that should be a fun one. You know, fresh off winning the first ever Big 12 title. Conference, t- conference tournament title, I should say, which is, which is, you know, crazy, but yeah, it's the very first. So I really like the team. Andrew Jones, you know, it is, you know, great. You know, his story is phenomenal too. Shaka Smart too. So, you know, that should be a fun one. I, I think Michigan probably has the toughest side of the draw, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. As I said uh, just a moment ago, look out for Alabama. And I think they can make a, a surprise one. Don't be surprised if they upset Michigan. All right, let's go south there, Said You got Baylor mm-hmm. as the number one seed in that side of the bracket. What games are you looking forward to? Uh, a couple of games that jump jumps out at me. Number eight, North Carolina versus number nine, Wisconsin. Of course, North Carolina struggled a little bit to end the regular season, but they turned it around the, over the last few weeks. Wisconsin, they've really struggled uh, down the stretch here, including they lost uh, at home to Illinois about two or three weeks ago. They're ranked number nine uh, uh, in this bracket. As we said before, Lakina, every year, the eight, nine games, sometimes the seven to 10 as well, but definitely the eight, nine matchup. You just uh, toss up a coin and pick a winner in that one. The, this one looks like it's going to be another uh, toss up game here for me. I, if you had to, if I had to make a pick today, I would go with North Carolina. It's just that sometimes you can struggle at the end of the season and get it together come tournament time. I just don't see that with with Wisconsin. I could see it with North Carolina. I'm going with Carolina if I had to pick today. Should be an interesting one there. Whoever gets out of that one facing Baylor, that should be a fun one regardless. Another 5-12, you know, a lot of people are picking Winthrop over Villanova. Villanova mm-hmm. lost a couple, a couple of key guys late in the year. Winthrop actually is one of those really good teams that they only have a couple of losses. So some people are actually picking that as a, a 5-12 upset. So we'll see. It, it could happen. Yeah, this makes sense because Gillespie, I know, is out for Villanova. And also, too, Villanova was one of those teams that lost to Georgetown in the Big East tournament. And they struggled a bit to uh, end the regular season as well. So I can see the logic behind that. And our girl, Lila Rahimi, would not forgive us if we didn't have her on monitor. <laughs> at least, at least mention <laughs> The mean green of North Texas, you know, they play Purdue. 
I, I just think Purdue just has too much firepower. I mean, they kind of they beat the number one seed West Kentucky in the conference USA tournament. How they got in, but I don't think there'll be a, a match for Purdue. Sorry, Leo, we love you, but that we don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> Agreed. Also, the seven ten matchup, we have Florida taking on Virginia Tech. This is another toss up uh, uh, contest, in my opinion. Florida. Uh, no, they're not as strong team as they were in years past, but they're still good enough to get a number seven seed coming out of the SEC. Vitek has struggled as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could you you could uh, toss up a coin and pick a winner and just go blindfold. Yeah, just yeah, you could probably ah! just do the enemy money mo method with that because I think yeah. that either one of them could be you know, definitely win this game because they're pretty pretty evenly matched. And like remember we said, you know, Vitek. You know, just got out of a pause, Leo, you know, last week. So mm-hmm. right before the ACC tournament. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And you know, Seth, you know, Seth Davis from CBS, who look we like and respect, but he has Colgate beating Arkansas. Look, I've seen Colgate a couple of times. You know, they're they're you know very similar styles. It could be like a you know first like one twenty wins, mm-hmm. but I don't think they'll be able to beat Arkansas. I just don't see it. Sorry, Seth, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Watch out for number two, Ohio State, coming out this bracket. I know people think that Baylor may have an easy road, sort of not easier than than Gonzaga, but Ohio State, even if they would have beaten Illinois uh, on Sunday for the Big Ten tournament title, they still would have had a number two seed. And uh, I'm st- as I said to you a couple weeks ago, Lakin, watch out for Ohio State. I know people talk about Iowa and Purdue and Michigan, but Ohio State could make some noise, uh, surprisingly, coming out of the South bracket. Should be uh, look. I really like the Ohio State team. We saw them yesterday, um, a couple of days ago, against Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. You know, I think that'll be a very interesting. You know, they're a very, very interesting team to watch, no doubt. And also, to the six eleven matchup, Texas Tech and Utah State, both you know teams play very, you know, very different styles. And I'm I'm looking forward to that game and you know to see what they can do because. You know, we saw what we saw what Tech can do. We saw Utah State has had some some success, so that should be an interesting one coming out of that part, that part of the bracket. Let's go to the Midwest, Sid. Last but not least, where Illinois is. I told you, Sid, that this would happen. That they would put Loyola in the same side of the bracket as <laughs> Illinois because we all know that the committee likes to have a little bit of a sense of humor sometimes. Yes. Just you know, yes. just to you know, just to you know, make people go insane. Look, I'm okay with their seed. I know some people thought that maybe they should have been like a five or a six, but I'm okay with them being an eight seed because of the fact that they really didn't play anybody. I mean, they split their season mm-hmm. with you know Drake. That's probably the only like real. I don't want to say the real win, but that's just you know it is what it is. But look, that Georgia Tech team. Let, let, don't, don't look past them. I know people kind of like, they kind of came out, no, but they've been kind of right there all season. You know, of course, they had to win to get in and they, you know, win the ACC and get in and they did. Jose Aronado is, an, is one, you know, one guy, you know, we talked about him, you know, the last, you know, you know, on, um, on the preview show. But I think that, look, Josh Pastner has, you know, has his team, you know, playing inspired hoops. And I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled off, you know, if they go far. I wouldn't be surprised either. And t- take a look at it, at that Midwest bracket. Also, too, you have San Diego State versus Syracuse. I know some people complain that they shouldn't have gotten in the tournament. Or they were they were one of the last teams to get in. That that should be an interesting game. West Virginia, they're led by Bob Huggins. He always has teams competitive every year, so I expect them to get past Moorhead State. But uh, Houston, I know they're going to take care of Cleveland State. That's the two fifteen game, but. 
Houston could make some noise in this breakout. I'm not saying they're going to upset Illinois, but I can see Houston making a Sweet 16 one. Maybe a Final Eight, but definitely Sweet 16. Well, yeah, but that should be very interesting, too. Also, the 7-10, you got Clemson, Rutgers. Rutgers had to wait a year, but... You know, for the first time since 91, they're going to be playing in a tournament game. So that should be a fun mm-hmm. one there against Clemson. Um, Houston, though, look, that Cleveland State is actually really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, they, what they do because I, I kind of feel like, you know, Kelvin Sampson is you know, due to make a, a big run in the tournament. Um, I, I, look, I, I, look, I think this is going to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy for Illinois, but like, like I said, again, they're going to have a very tough time who, whether it's Loyola or Georgia Tech, yeah, they're going to have a very tough time. I mean, I, I, you know, Kyle, our buddy Kyle said that the one thing he's concerned with, with Illinois is, will they be able to sustain it for six games? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why it's hard to do so. And look, we know about, you know, Cameron Crowley and Lucas Williamson, uh, Loyola, you got, you know, Alvin Alvarado, from, you know, and also Michael DeVoe, who was the All-ACC. I think he made second-team All-ACC, you know, who was actually a scorer there for Georgia Tech. So that's going to be a very interesting, you know, part of the record for Illinois. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they can do in the Midwest region. Now, before we wrap up this segment, of course, the first four games will take place on Thursday on True TV, you have North Fork State versus Appalachian State, Wichita State versus Drake, which I'm really looking forward to. I think it's the best out of these four. Then you have Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern, and then you'll have Michigan State against UCLA. I think Michigan State's going to take their anger out on UCLA. I expect Michigan State to roll in that one. Wichita State and Drake, that's a toss-up for me. And that's like one of those 7, 10, 8, 9 games. Let's toss the ball up and get it on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that that one. Um, I, I mean, look, it's going to be very interesting with you know, these for these first fours. I mean, I, I'm kind of sort of like in that that realm of, you know, it, it's sort of weird to have these first four, especially when you have both HBCU schools in the first four, like I said yeah. you know, a couple <laughs> of days ago, like really NCAA, come on now. But, I mean, look, I mean, that Michigan State-UCLA, that might as well, you can probably say that, that, you know, I'm sure they've met in the national championship game or at least, like, deep in, you know, the championship, you know, a few times over. So, I'm looking forward. That should be a fun one. But, look, UCLA is no slouch, though. I, I wouldn't, you know, put all, you know, Michigan State's going to take it out of UCLA. I mean, UCLA, you know, they, they may have something to say about that. Yes, they will, Tom. Enzo always has his team ready for this uh, time of year. Whether you have the best team or not, he really gets those kids coached up and ready to go. So I wouldn't, I would be surprised if he didn't do that this year, especially playing the first four game against UCLA. Now, Lakina, let's take this twenty-second timeout as Yay. we as we'll roll on on the other side on Second City Sports. We have some baseball news to talk about. Is there a deal between? MLB in YouTube. Also, we'll have a whole lot of football to talk about. There's been a couple of signings, a retirement in there, and also a possible trade uh, trade proposal presented to you by Dan Ovlosky of ESPN. And we'll have a whole lot more uh, fun as well. You're listening to Second City Sports. I'm Sydney Brown, along with Lakina McGee. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. 
You go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. You can follow War Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. Don't forget to type in that search engine box on all podcast download platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. Also, we are on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R Media on the YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live as we blow kisses and take our bows. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. Before we move on, Lakina, to the NFL, you have a couple of college basketball nuggets to get to. Yes, a couple of coaching. Yeah, a couple of coaching moves really quick. Um, Archie Miller, both in the Big Ten. Archie Miller has been let go over Indiana. He had a 12 and 15 record this season. Didn't make a tournament for first the first four, you know, the four years he's been there. That's going to be a sought after job. Not big, not a total surprise, but kind of one that is surprising though. Minnesota, you know, according to Jeff Goodman, anyway, is expected to part ways with. Rick, but Richard, I should say, Richard Patino. So, and I'm just saying, you know, even though they still got a coach there, DePaul, but Richard Patino is probably someone that should be going. He'll probably have a lot of, you know, sought after, sought after a name that's going to be, I'm sure he's, his name is probably going to be, I don't expect him to be off the market long. I think you got a couple of schools, New Mexico, DePaul should be, you know, buy for his services. But I'm just, <laughs> again, we'll save that for another, you know, another episode for another podcast. And said, I, I know you got you know, a shout out to his dad. Yeah, shout out to Daddy Rick, Rick Patino as um, he is coaching the Iona squad, who's uh, in the NCAA tournament for this year. He is the only coach to take five different programs to the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to him. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, just uh, you know, despite what everything he's done off the court, you can't really dispute his you know amazing success on the court. They have a tough one against Iona. They'll probably be blown out, but. The fact that he's done what he's done, five schools and from six mm-hmm. different conferences is just amazing. So he should definitely, you know, get his props. Yes. And you're the only person in Chicago that gives a damn about men's DePaul basketball. <laughs> well, I, well, look, I, I just, I'm just, I just keep kind of like an eye to it. I, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I, I care a little bit, but no, I'm just like, okay, that I'm hoping that Dwayne Pave, Dwayne Pave, I think that's how you say his name, gets a chance to bring in his own guy because later should have been gone. But again, well, another episode for another podcast. So <laughs> let's go, let's go to the NFL gridiron, shall we, Sid? Um, yes. We'll do, what do you want to do first? You want to do the, the free agency moves first or do you want to do Drew Brees first? We'll do Drew Brees because that news dump came in prior to the announcements of the uh, brackets for the NCAA tournament. Drew Brees has officially announced his retirement. As we all expected, he played in the NFL for 20 years, 15 of those years with the New Orleans Saints. He has numerous accomplishments uh, to mention. He was the Super Bowl MVP during the 2009 season as the, the Saints had their one and only Super Bowl in franchise history, defend, uh, defeating the Indianapolis Colts down there in Miami. He's um, a 13-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in 2006, a four-time second-team All-Pro, two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 2010. That was the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl. 
Associated Press Male Athlete of the Year 2010, Burt Bell Award winner in 2009, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 06, NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2004, Maxwell Award winner in 2000, and two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. And going to the, to the uh, NFL record books held by Drew Brees include most career passing yards, most career pass completions, highest career completion percentage, most pass completions in a season, highest single season completion percentage, highest single season game completion percentage, and most touchdowns passes in a game tied with Peyton Manning. And also, he holds the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. Lakina. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you guys watching on War Media on YouTube, I have my Drew Brees jersey yeah. hanging up behind me. Uh, Drew, uh, too many accomplishments to mention as I tried to do there. <laughs> but he is the first ballot Hall of Famer. He, along with head coach Sean Payton, uh, re-imaged that, revitalized that New Orleans Saints franchise. Of course, if you re- guys remem- may remember that Hurricane Katrina hit that region hard, including the city of New Orleans, of course, Drew Brees was supposed to sign with the Miami Dolphins that offseason. Uh, then head coach Nick Saban was recruiting him hard, but he failed to physical due to the shoulder injury he suffered in San Diego the previous season. And then, of course, Sean Payton was hired as Saints head coach, and he went after Drew Brees. Of course, the rest is history. So Drew Brees is perhaps the uh, – greatest New Orleans Saints player of all time. Uh, they were no, not known for much before then. They were known for Archie Manning. Of course, he's the famous father of Peyton and Eli Manning. Uh, those Saints teams, especially during his time, weren't winners at all. They didn't even go to the playoffs. But uh, the Saints uh, image has changed forever. Thanks to those two gentlemen. Uh, congrats to Drew Brees on the, a great career. This now he'll be doing work for NBC Sports. But, but – he will do work for Sunday Night Football in the studio, and he'll also be doing uh, calling games, I'm assuming, with Mike Tirico for Notre Dame football as well. I mean, you, you, you listed all his accomplishments. <laughs> I mean, there's just, just so many, you know, and just... <gasps> <gasps> I know, I'll say, you know, take, take a breather for a second, say, you know, rehydrate, because, look, I mean, he definitely will get in first ballot. I mean, just, you know... You know, just you know, amazing accomplishments. You know, some of the passing records he he holds and is still well ahead in, in a lot of instances. You know, the passing yards he's well ahead, completions as well. I mean, look, I know that some people will, you know, because you know how some folks are, they'll say, well, you know, he said, you know, what he said last year, and he shouldn't, he should be canceled or whatever. But yeah, you know, I, I, I'm look, you know, we're not fans of that. Look, the man has done well both on and off the field, and he was he apologized, and you know, it's becoming more nuanced in what you want to see in in that realm. So, look, I, I think he definitely deserves it now. Now, the interesting thing is that the Saints actually don't, they don't have any jerseys retired. So I can see, you know, some people, you know, in New Orleans are lobbying for him to get his jersey retired. You know, we'll we'll see mm-hmm. if they do that, but we don't know if they will do that because that's something that the Saints just don't, you know, the, the franchise hasn't done. So I'm very interested to see that do they do that for him, and I'm interested to see what he's going to do, you know, off, you know, once now that he's finished playing. I mean, he had he has four kids, you know, do the announcement for him, which is really really cute and adorable. Um, you know, he's going to be doing NBC Sports. You know, that was kind of set in stone two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that that'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, you know, 
you know, as an analyst, also too, as a game analyst, he'll be doing Notre game games, like you said, and, you know, Mike Tirico kind of welcome him to the, uh, to the, to the family. So I'm looking forward to see what he does, you know, on, you know, on the TV side, you know, we know he's got a great personality. We've, we've seen him do stuff, you know, with, you know, various, various shows and whatnot. So I think he can do it. And look, it'll be interesting to see what the, the Saints go from here on the field, because, you know, that, that he, he, you know, he must have a big void. That's a big void there that the Saints will have to fill out. And I noticed that the news, if you notice, Lakina, on Sunday, the news snuck in right before March Madness, as I mentioned at the top. But the other news regarding the Saints that snuck in right behind the Drew Brees retirement, they resigned Taysom Hill for four years. Well, they actually restructured his contract. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's sort of like, you know, yeah, they, they did it last year that they resigned him, but in this case, they kind of restructured his deal that, that opens up a lot of, which, look, we saw, we've seen this, Sid, that a lot of um, teams have had to restructure deals. We'll get to the Bears and what they had to do in a minute. But, you know, all the years, they're voidable those, for those years. And it's sort of the free of cap space. It saves the Saints over $7.5 million, you know, this coming season in, in cap space, which you know, they were well, above, well over the cap. So yeah. I'm not surprised that they restructured his contract. I mean, Look, we've seen teams do that. Look, we saw, look what the Bears did, you know, you know, restructuring Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair's deals, you know, basically mm-hmm. giving those bonuses now. And that saves them about 20, about, I think, $23, 25000000 million. Yeah, 23, so, yeah. So, you know, this is sort of like something that teams have to do to kind of get under the cap. We'll get to some of the free agent moves that, that have, you know, transpired in a minute. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, you know, look, we said that there are going to be some names that have – you're going to have to, you know, restructure their deals. So I'm looking forward to see what more these NFL teams will have to do to kind of get under that cap. Jameis Winston is still out there for as a free agent quarterback. I, I assume that the Saints are going to resign him to a one- or two-year deal. Let's just say that doesn't happen. Do you think that the Bears <laughs> will actually <laughs> get a sniff at Mr. Winston? I mean, I heard, I don't know if it I was, don't sense it, but I would not be surprised. I've, heard, I've read somewhere, I don't know if it was Biggs or somebody, Brad Biggs, of course, from the Tribune, a long time in Bears Insider for the Trib, but I saw somewhere that they were trying to get, you know, try to pass me and they'll make a play for Jameis Winston, which I'm kind of like, hmm. I mean, a guy, he's good, but again, he throws a lot of interceptions, so... I'm kind of like, hmm, interesting, but I've heard some people say that maybe Drew Locke um maybe i i i don't i i don't know what the heck's gonna happen here so you know i'm I'm just like okay as the bears qb world turns and you know where's the i should have had the as the world turns music from back in the day (laughs) with dan region with the um doing the the voiceover because i think this is just another one of those I, I don't know. My, my, my head's hurting at this point. My head's exploding. <laughs> yeah. You know whose head hurts even more is uh, right receiver Allen Robinson. Of course, he was a uh, franchise tag last week. As I told you, as we told you on this show, that, uh, that it was going to happen. Now, well, the reasons why the Bears did that uh, is debatable. But um, Mr. Robinson is franchise tagged. If you're Allen Robinson, technically he doesn't have to sign a contract right now. He can wait back and see uh, which quarterback – uh, will show up here to play. Will it be Mitch? Yes, it's a possibility. I know some fans, Bears fans don't want me to say this, but it's a possibility. Nick Foles is technically on the roster right now. Do you draft one in this upcoming draft if that Russell Wilson trade, which we'll talk about in a minute, someone brought it up on television the other day. 
uh, if Russell Wilson doesn't happen or the Deshaun Watson uh, acquisition doesn't happen, if you're Allen Robinson, you can sit back to literally before the day before this upcoming season starts and, and, and say, well, I'm not playing this year. Or I'm just I'm waiting for that quarterback uh, to sign because right now it, it's not good. Yeah, it, it really Your options it, are very limited, as we it, talked about for the last few weeks. It's very slim pickings, Sid. I mean, we've been talking yeah. about it for the last few weeks. I mean, there really isn't much out there, right? I mean, you know, like like I said, you know, just now. I mean, some people said maybe Drew Locke might be a, a might be somebody the Bears might look at. I I don't know. I mean, you know, we've heard Mac Jones are looking at him. Maybe Trey Lance, you know, assuming that he's still available. But, but it's just that you know, it looks like Derek Carr is going to stay with the Raiders. And he, Winston, is he really somebody that will, will get, you know, Bears fans, you know, amped up? I, I just don't I just no. don't see it. I I'll, I'll say it right now, no, no. Okay, okay, you, co- you covered hey, it for like, me. Like say, if he's brought here, uh, he, yeah, the Bears are trying to win. At least that's the perception that this management has given us, uh, the fans. They're in a win-now mode, eight and eight, barely sneaking in, especially after you started last year, five and one. It's not going to cut it. If that's the case, Lakina, we all know management in professional sports can be two-faced sometimes, mm-hmm. including the Bears. Yes, that's true. That is very true. It's a, but it's let's a just say that's the message right now that Pace and Nagy has to have to get their act together, which we all know in reality they need to, both of them. Does oh. Jameis Winston really do it for you? If you're trying to win right now, I get it, but is he the answer? No. Yeah, like I said, it's it's very. He's a better fit for the Saints for the next couple of years than he is here in Chicago. Oh, I I think now that Breeze is retired, I think I know I know a lot of the the teammates, you know, especially when Breeze, you know, bruised his ribs, you know, cracked his ribs or you know his rib injury, injury I should say, you know, they're you know so the Saints players were lobbying for Winston to get the get the starting nod. I'm sure there are going to be people that are going to be, you know, still lobbying for him to, to, to come in because he knows the offense and, you know, how's he going to learn? He's still young enough to, you know, to be improved upon. So I'm interested to see what, what the Saints do here because I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction they decide to go. Speaking of other quarterback news, we didn't get to it on our last episode, Lakina, but over the weekend, Cam Newton has resigned with the New England Patriots for one year. The deal is worth up to $14 million. Of course, last year, Cam struggled. He had COVID. He missed a few games. When he came back, he didn't look like his old self. The Patriots finished 7-9, and nine, of course. Uh, six defensive players sat out last year due to COVID concerns. Uh, they'll be back this year, including Dante Hightower, who became a father for the first time. So, uh, New England, I kind of think they'll get back on track. Of course, Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick, the head coach is still there, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but they need some playmakers. I know uh, the tight end from the Tennessee Titans um, uh, signed with them uh, yesterday uh, for a couple years. And Julian Elliman, that wide receiver, I know he was injured last year. He's supposed to be back this year. Well, but they need a number one wide receiver, at least someone that can play a number one wide receiver. Do you think they can go get Kenny Galladay from Detroit? I look. I've seen his name be afloat around, perhaps maybe for the Giants, but a bunch. You know, that turns out that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. Um, you know, I've heard some people say maybe the Ravens might try to uh, might try to make a play for him. But if if you're anybody, do you really want to go to New England? I mean, 
Cam's going to be a year older. Yes, yes, the Patriots have all those defensive guys, like you mentioned, coming back. They have Stephen Gilmore. But, again, those guys are all a year older. So do you really think – I know that I, – I, I think, they, I think you know, Belichick is, you know, has saw what Brady did without him. I think there's going to be, like, the egos coming in saying, well, look, maybe, hey, maybe I can do it without him too. So I think that's more – that's kind of what's driving this. I'm kind of surprised that, you know, Cam decided to come back – to go back to, uh, to uh, the Patriots. I, I'm, I, I was kind of surprised when I saw that news, you know, on Friday morning, like, oh, oh really? Hmm, that's interesting. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, that, that's going to be a tough division for them because I don't think the Bills are going to try – will have taken control of that division and you know, or mm-hmm. probably will not let it go. So, I, I'm, it'll be interesting, though, no doubt, once we do our division previews later this year, we'll just see what, what happens with the Patriots and see if Buffalo makes any moves. Yeah, the, the Jets are in, are in shambles right now. They'll draft, I'm sure they'll draft a rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold. Will they get rid of him? The Miami Dolphins still have Tua. Will he be their starting quarterback for this upcoming season? That sh- that, re- that remains to be seen. So New England can be competitive if they get get some pieces around Cam because they were 79 last year, and you saw the mess of what they went through, including COVID. So. If they can get a couple of playmakers here and there, especially at the wide receiver position, they should be competing for a playoff spot, a wild card spot in 2021. It's going to be a log jam there, though, in the AFC for a wild card spot, Sid. It will be, and then we'll shall see what happens with the New England Patriots going forward. Hopefully, if you're a Patriots fan, they'll get some help for Cam Newton. Uh, going to the defending world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, defensive end Shaquille Barrett has resigned with the club for four years and $72 million. Lakina, as we talked about on this show uh, for, uh, for the last uh, couple of weeks, Shaquille Barrett was their, I think their MVP uh, on the way to their Super Bowl. Uh, you saw what he did in the NFC title game against the Packers. You saw what he did in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a no-brainer here. I, I really thought that he was going to leave and really test the market, but Tampa Bay was smart and resigned him to a team-friendly deal. Got to give Jason like props, right? I mean, he was able to. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, look, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to go to free agency, I'm, Barrett. I mean, and test the market, but he decided. Look, I, I, I love playing here, and you know, I think that I think you know, I think he's even. I think he even stayed with Brady for a little bit. You know, when he got. Or I think that, that he said with him on, you know, as he was coming into Tampa. But, look, they got a nice contract. It works for both sides. I mean, you know, 18, $18 million per year. And that's, that's sort of the, you know, the, the base salary is 17 So, I mean, look, that's a, that's a nice, you know, manageable deal for both sides. And, look, I thought that maybe he was going to – he probably could have gotten more than that, you know, if he had gone somewhere else. But he said he loves playing in Tampa. And – Look, I think that they're trying to kind of load up to kind of, you know, are trying to, you know, get themselves together for another Super Bowl run, run next season. Or this season, I should say, since the league started <laughs> started already or about to start. <laughs> it's going to be too interesting to see uh, what Tampa Bay does for the rest of this offseason with their free agents. Of course, they franchise tag wide receiver Chris Godwin. I want to see how long that he stays. We know that he was Brady's favorite target during that playoff run. Of course, you have Gronk out there. I'm assuming he's going to resign for one more year. You're not going to give him a whole lot of money uh, because every team, their cap uh, ceiling is $82.5 million. Of course, Antonio Brown's still out there as well. So I want to see uh, what Tampa Bay does. Do they bring those two guys back or do they let one of them or both of them go? That's going to be the thing. I can, I can imagine letting, them, letting Gronk go because he came down just to play with Brady. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do or will they have the money to resign both those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of like more manageable now, now that they got Barrett in the fold. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very, um, it's going to be very intriguing, no doubt. Um, any signing so far, again, this is still, you know, very early in free agency, but any signing so far that, you know, has, you know, got you excited you know, or scratching your head or like, huh? Well, the Bears were signing Mario Williams to a three-year deal. I know he looked good in some spots last season. I think that's good news if you're a Chicago Bears fan. You need depth, especially in that defensive line. So we talked about before, Lakina. Uh, we'll mention their other defensive players in just a moment. But mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Goldman will be back next uh, next season in 2021. Uh, he, was, he opted out because of COVID concerns last year. So... The, the Bears still trying to keep it together, especially on the defensive end. So that resigning for Chicago was very important. Yeah, I like that, Mario. For oh, death purposes. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, that, that's a nice deal for him. And he actually said he looked, he looked good, you know, in spots when he was there. So, I'm, you know, I, I really liked him. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like you said, it's more for, you know, death because that's what they lacked last year, the Bears did. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm a little happy for him because he totally deserves that deal. Um. Some sort of like the deals that, you know, that you would think wouldn't be important, but it turns out might be important. Kyle Yuzik, you know, the fullback for the 49ers, got a nice five-year, $27 million deal. That's a, you know, a nice set there. Um, the Ravens got a much, got some much needed help in the O-line. They signed, they signed um, former Giants guard Kevin Zeidler to a three-year deal, $21 million with $16 million guaranteed. You know, they definitely need O-line help after what happened against the Bills, you know, in the, in the, um, in the divisional round. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. The Vikings restructure Anthony Barr's deal, freeing up some money for them because they definitely desperately need it. So, and um, the Cardinals, the Cardinals resign um, Dennis Gedrick to a, a one-year deal. He was sort of like, kind of like the breakout star last year for that defense. Also, they got Zeke Turner, you know, they tendered, they tendered him, you know, as a first refusal free agent. So meaning that, you know, that he can't really go anywhere. That's basically what that means. So, you know, th- you know, uh, with JJ Watt coming in, I mean, you know, the Cardinals trying to shore up that defense, you know, so they can try to, you know, kind of try to make a run at it. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it, Lakina. <coughs> Excuse me. As you're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina, I am Sidney Brown. As we we, talk, we were talking NFL free agency, now let's get to the looks like another <laughs> unnecessary chapter in the Russell Wilson's uh, saga to Chicago. <laughs> I know Bears Twitter has been blowing up. <clears throat> People on their various radio shows and podcasts really want this move to happen. Dan Avlosky, who I re- truly respect, as he's a football analyst for ESPN. He was on the Get Up Show, aka the Mike Greenberg Show, on Monday, and he had a proposed trade for the Bears and Russell Wilson. Let's follow it, kids, step by step. The Bears will receive Russell Wilson. The Seahawks will receive Khalil Mack, Cal Fuller, or Allen Robinson, and the Seahawks will get a third team. Uh, it was a three-team deal, so the Jets are involved in it as well. The Seahawks will receive Sam Darnold in three first-round picks. Let me repeat that again. The Bears will receive Russell Wilson. The New York Jets will receive Sam Darnold in three first-round picks. 
and the Seahawks will in uh, the Seahawks. Oh, good. Yeah, the Seahawks. Just <laughs> so get Jess would get Khalil Mack a second. Khalil Mack, thank you. Khalil, Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, or Kyle Fuller. And a second rounder, yeah. In um, a second round pick. And the Seahawks would get Sam Darnold and three first round picks. Mm-hmm. Would you pull off that trade? If you're the Jets, you're th- what? Why the <laughs> heck? Why would we give up? What? No. And if you're, if, look, if you're Al Robinson, like, I, I, look, I don't want to go to the Jets. Like, what the? Say what? I mean, look, I, I look, I, I, I love, I love Dan Orlovsky. He's a great analyst, both in game and studio. But this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is absurd. Like, if you're, if you're the Jets, I, I mean. Where would they? Where? Why would they want not not want uh, Russell Wilson? I mean, really, <laughs> they've got most of the capital that, you know, that they would need. To, you know, that the Seahawks probably will want. And if you know that that's all the Bears get, I mean, I I don't. He defended. It's like all the Bears get from that proposed trade is Russell Wilson. That's it. That's it. And um, sorry about this, folks. I gotta gotta charge my laptop here. Who are gonna be watching this? Who are watching this on YouTube right now? But I I just think that this is just a it it. it I, I love Dan, but this is this is just a crazy trade. I mean, I, I just don't see the Jets, you know, agree to something like this. And if you're the Bears, I mean, yes, the Bears probably would be crazy enough to pull off something like this. But mm-hmm. you know, your top defensive player, you know, Kyle Fuller has had his uh, spots the last couple of years. And if you're a Rob, do you really want to go to the Jets? I mean, are, are you are you serious right now? So I, I just no no, this is silly. What do you think, Sid? I see the other side of this. the The proposed trade was Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, or Kyle Fuller. Let's just say you got Russell Wilson. He needs somebody to throw to. If you're the Bears, I'm keeping Allen Robinson. I can let Kyle Fuller go. Remember, Kyle Fuller, uh, he was this close to signing with the Green Bay Packers. Of course, the Bears matched the offer sheet a couple of years ago. So if I can keep Allen Robinson and let Kyle Fuller go, that's good because you, Khalil Mack takes up 20% of your cap. Now, I think most Bears fans will be happy because he takes up uh, the majority of your cap, okay? You keep Allen Robinson. You have a target for Russell Wilson. Allen Robinson will be happy. He can sign a long-term extension to stay here. Kyle Fuller, he's a good player, but – you got to get to get something good. You got to give up something good. So, as long as you keep Allen Robinson, that's good. Now, if you're the Seahawks, you get Sam Darnold. He's cheap right now, so you don't have to resign him. And you get those three first round picks. If Sam Darnold doesn't work out, you can draft another quarterback. The way to win in today's NFL is before you pay your franchise quarterback, he has to be on a rookie contract. You can build uh, all the other parts of your team. That's how you win in today's NFL. I don't think it's such a bad thing if you could keep Allen Robinson. Well, and that's the thing, right? If you're the Jets, I mean, if you're good, if you're you're giving, you know, three first round picks and Sam Darnold, I think you would rather have at a Rob and not Kyle Fuller if you had the pick. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I'm I'm saying that you know what uh, the look. I I love you, love you, Mr. Olaski, love you, Dan, but this is sort of you know a little bit out there. <laughs> But, but we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, look, I mean, it seems like this song, it's a song that never ends. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I wish someone would just, you know, just do something. I wish, I wish Russell Wilson would come out and say, look, I'm staying in Seattle. You know, I want to play here. Let's get better and see what we can do because that NFC West division is going to be tough. 
mm-hmm. next year with every, with all the four teams, you know, improving and, you know, and such, you know, you got to think that the Rams are probably the favorites in that division. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk about it in due time, but I, I that division is tough and sure up that old line Seahawks. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason why, you know, this, all this stuff is coming out that seems like out of nowhere. Yeah, I think I know how this story is going to end. As I said it before, Akina, a few episodes ago, the Bears are not going to get Russell Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Bears fans. Life. Yeah, kind of simple. Uh, unless, uh, as I said before, unless I see it in full concrete handwriting, which was not in, which will not be a April Fool's joke like people thought the Jay Cutler deal was from a decade <laughs> ago. Yeah, I don't believe until I see it. Yeah, unless we see Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or Mike Garofolo or Tom Pelissero or, you know, any, any guy, maybe one of those guys say, hey, look, this is, you know, they're verified accounts, don't fall for the fake ones, mm-hmm. folks. Um, if they said, look, Russell Wilson is, you know, trained to the Bears for, we'll say, Khalil Mack and we'll throw in another player, you know, Kyle Fuller or whoever and some first round picks. Unless we see that news, which I don't think we will, but in, you know, in, unless mm-hmm. we see that news, I, I I don't believe it. Either. This is sort of this is sort of like the Kobe to the Bulls. Remember how that whole thing started all those years yeah. ago? I mean, I thought mm-hmm. I thought there was no smoke to that either. So I, I feel the same way about this. Yeah, I was listening to Colin Cowherd on uh, from uh, last Friday. He said that a couple of people told him that the Bears were serious in um, acquiring Russell Wilson. They were, trying to, they were trying to come up with a deal that Seattle cannot refuse. Like I said, we'll see, but right now I don't believe it. Well, hey, I want to have a relationship with Chris Evans. doesn't mean that's happening, so I seriously want that. That doesn't mean, that, that doesn't mean that's happening for me, so, like, you know, easy there, folks. I want to marry Janet Jackson, but that's not happening either. So. <laughs> okay, so, look, see, we're aiming high, so that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. Some interesting tweet that just came out from Akeem Hicks. He says he's getting off Twitter now. I don't know if that means anything. That he might have just you know said that because you know like some people sometimes you want to take a hiatus from Twitter, but you know his contract is up against the cap, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do decide, if not restructure, <laughs> if they do just release him because of the fact that the that the the contract's just too much. Yeah, he's at age 30. He's been injured the last couple of years. If that happens, I can see why, but uh, I'll say these famous two words. Stay tuned. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll give you the news here as we always do. Um, all right. Any other NFL nuggets that got you intrigued? Uh, I want to move on to baseball, Lakina. Okay. So we'll leave the NFL alone. Of course, they'll be making more news. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on our next episode for Saturday. Yes. Um, going to baseball as we're about two and a half weeks away, three weeks away from opening day. Um, Major League Baseball and YouTube are continuing a three-year marriage. This comes from our friends at Awful Announcing. And this is from their a column from, from Monday, which was yesterday. <laughs> Major League Baseball and YouTube are continuing their partnership for a third consecutive season. MLB announced on Monday morning that its MLB Game of the Week live on YouTube will premiere April 7th with the Tampa Bay Rays facing the Boston Red Sox at 1 p.m. Eastern. That will be the first of three April streaming telecasts, followed by the Angels-Astros on April 22nd and Twins-Indians scheduled for April 28th. 
Altogether, YouTube will have 21 exclusive MLB broadcasts during the 2020-21 season, each produced by MLB Network. That's up from 13 broadcasts available during the 2019 season and four which were streamed last year, two which were exclusive. For the April 7th broadcast, Scott Braun will be back on play-by-play call with returning analyst John Smoltz and Carlos Pena. Pre-game coverage will begin 30 minutes before the game's scheduled start time, hosted by MLB Network Steven Nelson, Chicago's very own, by the way, yes. and Bill, Billy Ripken, the brother of Cal Ripken. No more word on whether or not we'll see the same announcing team for all 21 YouTube broadcasts. Probably not, according to this article, but depending on the broadcast schedules, even last season, Braun with rotating analysts and reporters for a four-game package. See if anything else should be noted here. That's that's pretty much it. Lakina, as we said before, we talked about other entities throughout uh, of the broadcast broadcast world, whether it's uh, the FM station, ninety five point one FM here in Chicago, the, the FM Omni Channel. They're going exclusive, a digital exclusive broadcast starting in April. Of course, uh, we we talked about the NHL's new deal with ESPN last week. Of course, uh, a lot of those games going to ESPN Plus and Hulu. NHL TV is no longer going to be a part of this thing uh, at the end of this conclusion of this season. As I, as I said before, people want any options. We are in a digital age right now. The way we could, it's nothing like live sports, don't get me wrong, but outside of that, the way we consume sports is not just radio, it's not just television anymore. It's social media, it's streaming, it's a part of this thing, it's here, it's here to say it's not going anywhere. Well, and also, too, if you're baseball, you need this to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, be engaged with the younger generation. A lot of younger, you know, good younger, point. A lot of younger generation, they have YouTube Live. You know, you got a lot of sports now that's going to YouTube. So mm-hmm. I think having these games that they will get, you know, younger fans engaged with baseball, you know, because we've been saying for years that baseball needs to do a better job marketing to the younger fan base. And I think this is a nice mm-hmm. way to do it. And, you know, Stephen Nelson, who is, if you guys see him on MLB network is a riot. He is, but he's also really, mm-hmm. he's also really you know, great at what he does. You know, he is a, a Chicago kid. So, you know, he's also a White Sox fan. Yes. Well, yeah, I know. I saw that too. I know I'm like, okay, yeah, him and Sid will probably be uh, best friends, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully I mean, we get him on the program down the road. I hope so. I hope so. He's, he's very fun and engaging young man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think this is, might be a start of a trend. And I think we we're seeing we're seeing in college uh, in college sports with football, basketball, also track. I've seen some, you know. I think they had some indoor. I think they just had an indoor championship stream on one of their ESPN platforms on one of their um, social media services. So this is sort of a way for networks and for organizations to kind of keep up with demand. So you know, there no, there there are a lot of core codes out there. So I think this core mm-hmm. also caters to those folks too. And also too, we talked about the NFL's new television. Uh, deal, uh, of course, uh, Amazon Prime wanted to do it exclusively uh, for Thursday nights, but they still needed one of those four major networks to produce uh, produce the games. We're we're going to see that sort of in the NFL. We ha- we haven't seen it yet in the NBA, Lakina, because all the games are available through the League Pass and NBA TV. Of course, ESPN and TNT. And of course, ABC is uh, home for the weekend games, of course, exclusively for the NBA Finals as well. So we haven't seen that in the NBA yet. Do you think we'll eventually, we'll, uh, add, Commissioner Adam Silver, do you think he'll try it? Uh, um, 
in the foreseeable future at least put a couple of games exclusively on YouTube? I can or you think they're too big to do that? I think maybe down the line, though, maybe not this season, obviously, but I think like next season, mm-hmm. once everything kind of goes back to normal, I can kind of see him sort of, you know, exploring that idea. Maybe perhaps maybe put a couple of games exclusively on YouTube just to see, you know, how it how fans will respond. But like you said, so I mean, there are, there are other avenues that the NBA is available. It's very, it's pretty, you know, widespread. So you know, we know how to watch the games if we really want to watch them. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not, maybe not right now, but I think maybe down the line, I think I could kind of see him doing that. But look, we're seeing it in other organizations too, the NFL, like you said, with Amazon Prime, all the Thursday night games are going to be on there. So, you know, this might be something that's sort of like, you know, a little sprinkle here from time to time, maybe put one of those, those games on one of those, you know, properties. And base, just to wrap up this portion, uh, baseball is just like hockey. It's a long season. Uh, I know baseball is 162 games and hockey is 82, just like the NBA. But baseball is like hockey. It's a regional sport until the playoffs start. And then every, the, the, um, then I want to say everybody, but a lot of people watch those two sports come playoff time. We know Stanley Cup playoffs, in my opinion, are the best playoffs out of the four major sports, followed by uh, basketball and baseball. Baseball can get away with it because you're playing the regular season by five, six months. Yeah. And so you can get away with it here and there. But in hockey, though, that sport, it needs it now more <laughs> than ever. Then you have a lot of those out-of-market games going to not just Plus, but Hulu. Yep. I got the same trying it, but to put a lot of those games on those platforms, I don't get it. I know, like I said before, this is a, a new way that we watch our games, but – to especially for the sport of hockey to not have your fans have easy access to those games via the television have it exclusively via streaming that's just a problem people want and need options let me repeat it one more again as the kids (laughs) would say for the folks in the back of the bus people want and need options especially in this digital social media world we are living in right now yeah, I, I hope they do, you know, do that at some point with the NHL because I think that, look, you've got a problem growing your sport. So I think that having it available to many, as many platforms as possible can only help. That's what MLB is mm-hmm. doing. That's what the NFL is doing, what it's doing with Amazon Prime. The NBA, you know, yes, they're not on like any streaming services, but there, there are ways you can get it. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're set there. So the NHL really needs to work on that, like you said, Sid. Yep, let's see how, what the ratings, excuse me, <laughs> let's see what the ratings are with uh, the MLB and YouTube as they'll continue their marriage for this upcoming season for the 30th straight year as they'll air 21 games exclusively on YouTube. Hopefully it doesn't involve one of our, both of our Chicago teams, in particular yeah. the White Sox. So it doesn't look that way, but we'll, we'll, we should see what happens with that. Lakina, you have anything else before we close out? Also, you know, a quick shout out to Justin Thomas for winning the Players Championship. That's sort of the, the unofficial fifth major. Um, you know, he was up there from the beginning, was up there kind of not wire to wire, but he was sort of right there in like the top five, you know, had a, a massive, you know, final round, final 36 holes. It's been an emotional last couple of years for him. He lost his grandfather who taught him the game. You know, his good friend Tiger Woods, who he says like a big brother to him. You know, of course, we, we talked about what happened, the accident there. He, he's been talking mm-hmm. to Tiger. He actually talked to, to Tiger right before he did his pressers right after the tournament. So, but, you know, it, I, I feel good for him. You know, 14, his 14th PGA Tour 
win his second sort of big title, if you consider the players being a, another golf major. But also, Lilo West would give a shout out to him, you know, made that, missed a short putt that would have, you know, been right there, you know, for, you know, with Thomas, but made another, but like a 20 footer in the last hole to get 1.6 million in second place all by himself. So I'm sure he would have loved to win, but he'll definitely take the bonus. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will take that bonus. Bonus, nothing more than nothing better than uh, having more money in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Also, too, some breaking news. Said um, this actually was an hour ago, but DePaul has parted way, ways with Dave Leto. So are you gonna do any any backflips? Well, I, I want to see. I, <laughs> are you I, gonna I, celebrate? <laughs> well, look, I want to see what Dwayne. Look, I want to see what Dwayne PV does with the search. I mean, he he's, he just came out and said he's gonna do a national search. Search. So look, you get guys like Richard Bettino. Although, look, New Mexico, you know, they're looking for somebody. So he might, you know, be vying for his services over there in New Mexico. Also, Tim Miles was a former head coach in Nebraska. Took the year off, did some work for the Big Ten Network. He's another guy that's gonna be, you know you know, float around, I'm sure. So, look, I mean, look, he's kind of going to – it's kind of like up to him now. He's kind of will finally be able to pick his guy on the men's side. So, we'll see what he does. I hope hope he has a home run. Yeah, the question is and always will be, as DePaul was once glorious even before we were born, can you recruit in the state of Illinois, in particularly in the city of Chicago? Everybody else is coming in here grabbing our talent. Can you get at least the second tier guys until you build that program back up to respectability? That's going to be the only question. Definitely the million dollar question. Can you build a relationship with these Catholic schools, but in particular the Chicago public schools? Yeah. I, oh, yeah, totally, totally. I'm right there with you. I think this is going to be definitely going to be a definitely an uphill battle for that, that program because it's been so far behind, you know, all these years. So, mm-hmm. you know, he'll finally get a chance to sort of, you know, perhaps maybe get this program back to not maybe not definitely not at the level where you know the early days with mark aguirre and those guys Mm -hmm. but at least be to kind of be like right there to kind of at least compete in the big east conference because they haven't really competed in the last few years yeah because uh real quick before you get up out of here the big time talent we already know they're going to duke kansas kentucky and some of your east coast schools north carolina duke but some of your secretary talent the, the ones that stay here illinois they're going to Illinois State. They're going to Loyola. They're in the tournament again this year. Some of them are going to the nearby Big Ten schools like Wisconsin or Michigan. So you, the next DePaul head coach, can get, keep some of those guys here in the city and build your program that way. Definitely going to be a, a, a battle, no doubt. So should be very interesting to see what, what he does, what he does and what, what names will be floating about, no doubt. I expect them to hit a home run. All right, so, so anything else that's on your mind before we get out of here? I'm looking forward to March Madness on Thursday with the play-in four games that will be taking place. Of course, the big enchilada will start for everybody else on Friday. That's at 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on CBS and the networks of Turner. That's TNT, TBS, and True TV. So I'm really looking forward to that one at the end of the week. Got some great NBA, of course, to March Madness. We finally, we, you know, we get to have March Madness again. Said so we didn't have Yay. it last year, so I'm, I'm gonna expect that we may have a lot of, you know, we may have some upsets, we may have some buzzer beaters, and to kind of make up for lost time. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. It should be a lot of fun. Yes, we didn't have it last year. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll have it back this year. Hope things will go off without a hitch. Smooth sailing, let's hope. Okay, on that note, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan is going to be on the IG. 
You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Go to our website, www.weareregalradio.com for more information about our articles and our podcasts. And speaking of our podcast, listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from War Media by simply searching for War on Anchor or all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. That's Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media, once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but you can watch us do our thing live. Thank you very much in advance for your support as we take our bows. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina, oh, I don't want me to step on your No, 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 go, no, go, no, go ahead. I mean, just enjoy the game. <laughs> no, I just want to say, you know, enjoy the games, everybody, and, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Let's hope, you know, some smooth sailing in this LA tournament. Yes, for Lakina, I'm Sid. Until Saturday, we'll see you next time. This is Second City Sports on War Media. Holla!